We have our guests with us this morning, which is a joy. It's always nice. We don't even ha- always have that, but we have Lila sitting right next to me, and across from me is Jody. And they are uh, two women who have been warriors, we would say, prayer prayer angels. Others call them um, on the sidewalk of our uh, abortion facility here in Fargo. And so today we're going to share a little bit about what they do. And let's just start with an introduction. Let us know a little bit about yourself. Why don't you start, Jody? Well, thank you, Roxanne. It's a pleasure to be here. And a little bit about myself. I am a wife to David, my husband. I'm a mother of four children, grandmother of seven. I am a forgiven sinner. I am a child of God. I am a lover of Jesus, and I am passionately pro-life. Awesome. Wow. Okay. And what about you, Lila? Um, My husband, Bill, and I live in Valley City. We are members of St. Catherine's Church. Monsignor Dennis Sconsing is our parish priest. I am a member of the Catholic Daughters of America, Bible Study, the Valley City Right to Life Chapter, and RCIA. We have a son, Scott. He and his wife, Peggy, have two daughters, and one of those daughters has two children. They live in Rochester, Minnesota. For many years, I have been in prison ministry at the prison in Jamestown. I love being in this ministry. The men are like my family, and I've learned much from them. Mm, Beautiful. Well, um, this morning we want to focus a little bit on um, the many years that you've been coming downtown Fargo. You don't live in Fargo, so that's a a little bit Mm -hmm. of a trek for you. But um, tell us a little bit about your dedication. What has brought you to the sidewalk to to minister to the women there? Well, I have been on the sidewalk um, probably since the 80s when the facility was just off Main Avenue. I was also in Jamestown until their facility closed. I was told at a very young age what abortion is and what it does, and the words have never left me. That may be why I've always been wanting to come to the sidewalk, and I feel so strongly about being there. I want to talk to the women who are coming for abortions and try to help them and try to make a difference in their lives. What is it that you were told all those years ago? Do you remember exactly I what told, it was? Yes, I told it. But I was told that an abortion kills a baby and it wounds the woman. I was told that very young and I, and I can remember it. Um, yeah, it was shocking to me and very upsetting and I will always remember what I heard. Kids are so receptive yes. to truth, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And that may, that may have been part of my focus to try to help women. Mm. How about you, Jody? What brings uh, you to the sidewalk? My story is one of those women that Lila just addressed. So I first got involved in coming to the sidewalks after our gracious Lord forgave me from the personal sin of uh, my involvement with abortion. I took the life of my first child through an abortion. And after that, I lived for 10 years in a very dark place. It was a place of shame and guilt and pain, suffering, isolation, and secrecy. And my life was extremely broken at that time. And it wasn't until the Lord, through His unconditional love, His mercy, His grace, and His forgiveness, broke into those walls that I had built uh, to, to survive. And the walls of that dark place crumbled down. Um, My pain was replaced with his peace, and my guilt was replaced with his grace. And after that, that that, that still small voice 
that I heard very clearly spoke to me and said, and it was the voice of the Holy Spirit, and it said, now go and tell. Hmm. And I have never looked back. I have never looked back. I, um, I felt such a call and such a burden for what so many women were going through after their abortion and not knowing and uh, the lies that the father of lies tells us before we walk into an abortion facility um, and believing those lies and then walking out and how the enemy comes the becomes the accuser and how we all believe we've committed a sin that is just too big and too bad for God ever to forgive so the the death of the child the victim in the abortion and the woman that is living in uh, such a state after her abortion is what drew me to the streets. And it's really an obedience to God. I'm there because of obedience to God. It's a beautiful story, Jody. Thank you for sharing it. You know, we're a church of forgiveness, right? Jesus comes to heal wounds. I remember uh, several years back, I was at the March for Life in Washington, D.C., if you've ever been there, getting into that march is kind of like a corral, and you never know exactly where you're going to end. Myself and a number of other seminarians at the time, we ended up right behind a number of women who are all holding signs mm-hmm. that say, I regret my abortion. Mm-hmm. And it was very moving for us seminarians to have ended up right in that position and to be with women in your position who had the courage mm-hmm. to come. Mm-hmm who open up, share their story, uh, seek out forgiveness, and then to have the courage to, to march in that. Mm-hmm. What gave you the courage to come out of the shadows, to seek out the forgiveness, to come on the radio and share your story? That's, 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 a, that's a, a scary thing, I would imagine. Maybe, maybe you'd become more comfortable. But at the beginning, that had to be a big, a big, a big choice. Uh, you know, it, the secret that a woman holds within her after an abortion, the number of the estimated number of years that a woman keeps her abortion a secret after her abortion is ten years. And there is so much fear. First of all, you're you're in fear that God isn't gonna forgive you. I mean you really are. People don't believe that, but it is so true. It's just like how could God ever, ever forgive a woman that is culpable in the death of her own child? The hardest confession I ever had to make, truly was that I was culpable mm-hmm. in the death of my own child. That goes so against the grain of a mother's heart. You know, the mother's heart that is meant to love and nurture and protect. That is why abortion is so abnormal. That is what I see when I go to the streets and we're talking about the streets. I watch these women walking towards this door and my heart breaks because I know what, I know what's ahead of them. I know what's going to happen in that facility. I know they're going to be lied to. I know they're going to be deceived, but I also know that their lives are changed forever when they walk out of that place. So coming out of that secrecy, I, I, um, I, I was married. I went into a marriage and did not tell my husband about my abortion. I thought if he knows, he will never ever marry me. And to carry that secret into a marriage, which many women do, many women do, um, I feared divorce. I feared he would leave me. I feared God wouldn't forgive me. My husband would divorce me. I had other children. I thought they would never understand. So you're right. Breaking that secret keeps us in that bondage, but we're so afraid to break it because we're so fearful, even of the pro-life movement. Mm-hmm. What is the pro-life movement going to do when they recognize me as a woman who's had an abortion? But to answer your question, it is so free. And see, the enemy wants to keep us in that captivity, in that self-made prison, in that shame, in that guilt. It is so contrary to what our loving Lord 
wants, you know. Um, so breaking that secret and going public is the most freeing thing that a woman can do. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Real Presence Live. I'm Roxanne Solon, your host here with Kyle Metzger, Father Kyle Metzger, this morning. And we are talking about uh, praying on the sidewalk near the abortion facility here in Fargo. And you just heard a little bit from Jody Clemens. I want to ask you, uh, mention Jody, you've really inspired me because I've heard you through the years. And not being post-abortive, I have my own sins, but um, you've really given me a lot of insight that uh, ha- that has helped arm me when I do my vigils on the sidewalk as well. And I just want to thank you for that because we, without that insight and without your sharing, we would be so much. It would be so much harder to to try to get into the mindset and meet those women where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, Tell me a little bit about that because you have that special sensitivity. How do you approach it maybe in a way that others wouldn't or maybe advice for others who want to do that ministry? Well, I want to say that Lila and I work very close on the sidewalk and we both have our own um, messages that we bring to women. And Lila is a champion at this. Where I come in is that I personally can walk up to that woman and I can say these words, I know where you're at. I've had an abortion. I've been in those facilities. Let me tell you the truth. And that is often an open door for that woman to stop. Because she, she, I might, she, she can identify that I was there. I'm identifying with her. I'm saying, I'm giving you permission to talk about this. I know what this is like. It becomes very personal at that point. It doesn't always work. There's no magic formula on the streets. But at that moment, if God grabs that woman's heart that is a heart of stone at that time and turns that heart turns towards that child, there is an open door that she can identify with me. And it, mm. it, it is as, you know, what the enemy intended for such an evil thing, God can use in situation like this to help other women to save children from death. Say, Lila, you said you've been involved in this ministry outside mm-hmm. of uh, abortion clinics since yeah. the 80s. Yeah. We're approaching 40 years. Yeah. Where are we at now? Oh, I don't know where we're at now. Has, has a I, lot I, changed over the 40 years from, from the beginnings to today? Or is, or is a lot of it still the same thing? Women have the same needs? Or, I, or are I, we in a new position? Yeah. I, I think it's quite a lot the same. I hear many reasons why I need the abortion. Mm-hmm. Many reasons. Usually, often financial. Uh, sometimes they say, this is not the right time. I want children, but not now. Um, my boyfriend or husband may leave me. Um, there's just all kinds of reasons. Yes, I, I still hear pretty much the same things over and over. But but sometimes, mm-hmm. Lila, there mm-hmm. there is a breakthrough. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's not every every week, right? But no. But tell us a little bit about that. What is what is uh, the joy that you receive when someone turns their heart and and what are you are experiencing in that moment? Oh, that is a happy happy day <laughs> when a when a woman changes her mind and chooses life for her baby. Mm-hmm. Word gets around quickly. Doesn't it, Jody? It really, really does. There's an unspeakable joy. You there know, is. when a woman walking into an abortion facility who was set like a foot to walk into that place, and she's gotten her mind and her heart to that place. And then, as, as, as we just go to those streets, just go to the streets, and God uses us to be his ambassadors on the streets outside that abortion facility. Mm-hmm. And we speak and we see God 
again, change that heart, that heart that is set on that. And you hear these words, I've changed my mind. Yes. I'm going mm-hmm. to parent my baby. There's an unspeakable joy in that. Yes. There really is. That uh, we, we give God all the credit. All the credit. We mm-hmm. can't do that in a woman's heart. God does that. We know it is God who touches yeah, the heart with a mother's love. Yeah. At the very moment she needs to feel his presence. We praise him and give him the glory because mm-hmm. we can do nothing without him. And really, we are outside abortion clinics in obedience to God's command. That is why we're there. He says to love our neighbor as ourselves. Yes. And we do that. That is that innocent little child in that womb. That is that woman walking into that abortion facility. We love our neighbor as ourselves. If you just put yourself in that position, if any one of us in this room were unjustly sentenced to die, we were innocent. We had not done anything wrong, just like this little one in the womb. Yet we were unjustly sentenced to die. Would we not want someone, at least as a witness to this injustice, to say, mm-hmm. this ought not happen, and we are here because we love you? We may not be able to even stop that woman from going in there. But look, we are there because God says, you love, you love your neighbor as yourself. And that is what we do. We are out there because of that. If you have... Um a listener here who's uh, never prayed in front of a, a, an abortion clinic, never been out there. Mm-hmm. What would your advice to them be? Well, you know what? It can always be a little bit fearful because we hear that all the time. Oh, I don't dare mm-hmm. come. It's a little bit frightening. We know what happens there. But I want to encourage your whole listening audience that to be outside an abortion clinic, you are never alone to start with. First of all, God is there with you. But secondly, there are always pro-life people out there. There's mm-hmm. always like-minded people out there who will warmly welcome you. And I want to say this also, um, and then I want Lila to answer this, but when you go out to an abortion facility, you often think you're going out there for other people. I can tell you where God first works. It is in your own heart. It changes us as individuals. We go out and we really watch the reality of what is happening right in our own city, that little innocent little human beings are dying. Our hearts change and it compels us to go again. And also I think one of the important things about being outside an abortion facility, and I encourage you to come, is that your presence is a call to repentance. Just being out there is a call to repentance to those working inside the abortion facility, to the escorts that usher these women to the door of death. We are a witness. We are a call to repentance. We are that one saving person maybe that will save the life of this human being so just come we welcome you uh don't be afraid god is with us lila after 40 years what keeps you coming back i want to help i want to make a difference i don't want um the woman to suffer as jody has explained how difficult it can be Uh, i don't want that for anyone i want the baby's life be saved it's a grave injustice mm-hmm. abortion is really unjust so when it, would people come if they wanted to join you in this ministry they would come Wednesdays there's abortions mm-hmm. Wednesdays every Wednesday in Fargo about 20 or 25 women walk into our states only 
only abortion facility. Mm-hmm. And in the last 40 years, one of the things I have ch- seen change is that at one time in our state, we had three abortion facilities. Mm-hmm. We now have one. And I want to encourage your listening audience again to join us in coming outside that abortion facility with a mission to let's close that last remaining abortion facility in our state. Let's stop the shedding of innocent blood in the city of Fargo in the state of North North Dakota and make our state a safe refuge for children, for women. Would that not bring glory to God on something that we could all join into? You know, over 40 years we've been dealing with this. Mm -hmm. You know, and two of those abortion facilities have closed. One left. Wonderful. Come and join us. Come and join us. We welcome you. We encourage you mm-hmm. in doing this. I would say come. Just come. Yeah. Okay. Come. All right. If this manner of serving is for you, you will know it in your heart. Well, thank you so much, Jody and Lila, to you both. We appreciate your time and also what you do for the sanctity of life. And we look forward to having you back to share a report on the sidewalk.